0: written in the gospel over the next coming weeks and, and I love that thought that we just saw out of that video get used to different. Um, I, I think that should actually be something we should wake up every morning look in the mirror and say hey Dwayne, you need to get used to different. Um, you know we, we're looking at this this whole concept of the Jesus life and um, to me I, I just made a note as I saw that clip and watched it I thought oh, the Jesus life is a life of no regrets it's a, it's a life of not looking back, reflecting, yes, but not looking back. It's a life of moving forward and looking forward. Chris O'Gorman shared a great message last week, and I'm not sure if most people know this, but you can go to the website, and on the website, you can actually get the audio file and actually hear the messages. So if you missed last week or one of those about the Jesus life, I encourage you to go and go back and listen. But she reflected on what the things that Jesus said yes and no about. And I said to Chris beforehand, I said, what a brilliant message. Absolutely loved it and loved the way it was delivered. Um, and in this reflective thought, um, I'd like to take that thought of reflecting a little bit further. I'd love us to kind of consider and think about reflection, the art of reflection, or the practice of reflection. So if you're an introvert, you might like this morning. If you're an extrovert, an extrovert you're going to go, oh, so I'm going to just shut up and sit here quiet all by myself." Yep, this is time for the extroverts to feel what it feels like to be an introvert. <laughs> but it's actually got nothing to do with being extrovert or introvert. It's got to do with connecting with the heart of, um, with the heart of God. There's a guy who writes a book, did some research in 2020 by the name of Joseph Bataraco, And um, in, in a book, he actually writes that as our world becomes more complex, fluid, time-pressured, and data-saturated... We need to think deeply about situations, problems, and decisions, both at work and throughout the rest of our life. The world today makes it very hard to find time for reflection and might even be eroding our capacity to reflect. And when Josh sent out the, hey, who'd like to preach on what topic? Um, I literally responded within 30 seconds. The moment I got the email, I went kind of like you know, the, the over, the over, the overachiever. Over, uh, right away, I responded, and I said to him, I want to actually talk a little bit about Jesus put himself on timeout. Now, if you're a parent, we understand the value of timeout when we say to our kids, you need to go on timeout. But I think we sometimes as parents, we need to put ourselves on timeout. I was going to show a silly clip. And about supernanny where, you know, you put yourself on timeout. And I thought, no, no, that just takes away from the message. Because it's not a silly moment. It's actually a really serious moment. It's an important moment. And we need to, as believers, reflect on the life of Jesus. Last week, we, we looked at what he said yes to, what he said no to. This week, we want to look a little bit at how did Jesus reflect? When did Jesus reflect? And see if there are some keys there for you and me. Because that statement is a truth. We're so busy. When last did you and I take time out to reflect? When you look at this slide, I put this one here because it's kind of like Jesus looking straight at you. And straight at me when I was looking for for a picture. And it's like Jesus took time out to reflect. Do we? Because if we don't, then the underlying assumption is I'm better than Jesus. Because Jesus needed time out. And we too need time out. Now you're all going really quiet on me now. <laughs> so if you're feeling a little condemnation, you know what to do. You tell the devil to get behind you. If you're feeling conviction, you say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Because this is a convicting message up front. Because we're all so busy doing. Cheryl's going to be teaching some a chaplaincy class or workshop this week. And one of the things that she was was sharing with me that she's going to share is is this thought of of just being as opposed to doing and it ties so nicely with this thought Jesus often just was he stopped doing things occasionally so he could be and this morning we're going to do that and I want to warn want to warn you up front we're going to end with a time of reflection we're going to end Because if you know anything about Duane, Duane's going to ask you to practice what we've just learned. So you ready for a journey? All right. So let's have a look. When was it that Jesus actually reflected? The first one is to prepare for a major task. If you read Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, and then 14 to 15, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. Before Jesus did something significant, He took some time out. He went. He was led by the Spirit. And the question for you and I is, are there moments in our life where something significant is about to happen, when there is a major task that before we actually engage in the major task, we actually take time to reflect. We take some time out. Or is life so busy that we find ourselves running from major event to major event to major event? And what happens is we get tired, we get worn out, and we run into a major event and we're too exhausted to be in the moment. We're too exhausted to do what we're meant to do. Even Jesus knew. Even Jesus knew he needed time out before a major task. Is there a major task in your world right now? Is there a major task coming? It might be moving. It might be changing jobs. It might be uh, starting an education. It might be whatever it might be. I mean, look at what Leanne's doing right now. She's starting a new job. And today we're going to take time out and spend time with her. But I promise you, if I interviewed Leanne again and asked her, have you spent time? I mean, when she said, I've got this list and it's ever growing. And then she said, Thursday was day one. I went, wow. Like, you know, you're you're on their case and God's on your case on their behalf. You've obviously taken time out and said, hey, God, who in the school needs help? So before a major task, we need to take some time out. The second one is to recharge after hard work. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 32, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. And Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. I just love that thought of Jesus. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. They didn't even have time to eat. I don't know. I I think dads are pretty cool with this one. But mums understand this more than a dad does. That mom's so busy that she tends to eat last or eat cold food. And this, this is what Jesus and the disciples must have felt like in this moment. That they were so busy being hounded, so busy doing. They just needed to stop and eat. They needed to recharge. They'd just done a big job. Are you feeling tired today? Am I feeling tired? Is there a major event that's happening? Or have you done something? I mean, some of the ladies have, are, are still on a women's camp. Some ladies have come back. To me, even though it's a day of rest and reflection and, and ministry, when you come back, you've still given and received and you've given out. and You're tired. And even Jesus said, hey, it's time to just stop and eat, time to refresh, time to just digest. So where in your and my world do we have these moments where we need to recharge after hard work? The third one is to process grief. Now, there are many times Jesus takes time out. I've just picked six Six ones that I think can align with most of our living. And when you read in Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 to 13, this is when um, John the Baptist is beheaded. And if you read towards the end there, later John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what had happened. Verse 13, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area, to be alone. Even Jesus needed to process grief. And there might, might be loss in your life today. There might be loss in my life. It might be loss of a loved one. It might be loss of a job. It might be loss of um, a, a significance or a future or, or a purpose. But there might be loss financial. And this whole message, this whole reflecting on Jesus is we need to take time out to work through the things we lose. The way I see emotions is, and, and I see specifically loss is you're going to have to deal with it at some point in time. And it is a process. So Jesus took time out to process grief. Do you and I need to take some time out? To process grief, do we give even even give ourselves permission to grieve? I love what the scripture says. It's just so, so simple. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to be a remote area. He said, "Hey, I just need to be alone. I know what's going on," because he was fully God but fully human. Didn't compromise on either. He said, "I know what's happening, but I still need time out. I need time to process." What's happening in your and my world today where we need to process? Because we've lost something. Before making an important decision. Luke chapter 6 verses 12 to 13. One day soon after Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples, and he chose 12 of them to be apostles. And here are their names, and then the scripture goes on. Afterwards, Jesus went and prayed, and the next day, he actually goes and calls people. Before making an important decision, Jesus took time out. I think sometimes we we run. It's kind of like a car on petrol. That sometimes we're running our decision-making processes on, on an empty or on, on, a, on a what's it a dirty rag, a dirty fuel rag or whatever it is. I can't even think of the stain. The smell of an oil rag far out. I'll get there eventually. The smell of an oil rag. sometimes we run ca- our car like look at the petrol price, although the 711 on Samson vale Road is 150, 150 cents per liter if you're looking for cheap fuel today. Um, Sometimes we run our vehicles really low. And if you've ever run a car, my dad was a mechanic. If you ever run your car that low, there's a lot of dirt and grime that lies in the bottom of a fuel tank. I don't know if there's any mechanics in the house. It kind of finds its way, and that's what the petrol filter is there for, to filter most of it out. But it actually makes your car, car engine and your car sluggish and slow. And it can inhibit the ability to drive properly. And our reflection time before we make important decisions is sometimes like that. We're running on empty. And when we run on empty, the debris in the bottom of the tank seems to find its way into the engine and affect the way we make decisions. I know, kind of intense. It's like, Dwayne, this is pretty intense this morning. You're all looking at me weird. But we need to take time out. Jesus said, hey, I've got a big decision to make. I need to think about it. And we're not talking a two-minute prayer. You'll notice he separates himself. He goes to a different place. You know, and, and we'll talk about some of the, the things that Jesus did and some, some practices that we can do. Some, the message will get practical in a moment. But Jesus said, hey, I'm about to make a really big decision. I'm going to take some time out and think about it. So what important decision are you having to make at the moment that you might need to say, hey, I need to take some time out. I need to reflect. I need to put myself on. Ain't nobody going to put you on time out. No one's going to say to you, you need to take time out. Work is going to be demanding. Social media is going to be demanding. Your family is going to be demanding. We're all going to be demanding of you. We're all going to want you to do things. There's a task list, a to do list. There's something. There's something in your calendar. So, unless you put yourself on time out, unless you do what Jesus did and said, hey, I've got a really important decision to make, I need to take some time aside and think and pray. In times of distress, Luke chapter 22, 39 to 44. It's the night before it was the night that Jesus is arrested. He's in the garden at the Mount of Olives. Verse 41 He walked away about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. And he has this conversation with God. I mean, when you look at it, this side of Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and the sending of the Holy Spirit, you kind of go, What were you thinking, Jesus? But he was going, he was being really real in the moment and saying, I have to endure something and I am distressed. He was beside himself, fully man and fully God. But in that moment, he was feeling the weight of the decision and he had a human body that was going to feel pain. It's not like he, because he was the son of God, he had oxycodone or something pumping through his veins that he wasn't going to feel something. He knew, he was distressed. And in that moment, he prayed. And I said, and then an angel appeared and strengthened him. How often do we want to be rescued when what we should do in the moment of distress is just take some time out and be with Jesus and say, God, I need to be strengthened in this moment. We need time out. Jesus took time out. He said to the other guys, hey, I need you over there, and I pray you don't get tempted to fall asleep. We all know what they did. They fell asleep. And they left him all alone. And sometimes for us it feels like that. But even Jesus said, hey, I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to take this moment out, and I'm going to spend it with God because I need this moment for me. I am distressed. Jesus was not being selfish in the moment. He was actually being selfless. He knew what had to come. And he knew he himself needed to be refreshed. He himself needed to be strengthened. And what happens? God turns up. An angel comes and strengthens him. I don't know. There's moments when I feel distress and I try and resolve it in my own capacity because I have the capacity to fix a lot of things. And then I realize afterwards when I'm worn out and hung out and feeling totally. And I go, where was? It's kind of like the Holy Spirit reminds you, well, you didn't ask me. You didn't take time out with me. I was there waiting. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. God's not going to, sometimes he does invade our lives. But generally, we've got to find the place and say, hey, God, I need you. I mean, we should sing an old song. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need. But God, just don't interrupt my world. Don't actually make me have to do something I don't want to do, God. And then God, I didn't need you when it's like, I need you. Jesus took time out because he was in distress. The savior of the world, the example, the person that we're becoming more like said, hey, I was distressed and I needed help. So I found a place alone and there God strengthened me. I don't know what distress you might be going through today. What distress you might be encountering. But can I encourage you? Learn from Jesus. Yeah, I want to help you. We all want to help you. But you've also got to go to that place alone with Jesus. To focus on prayer. I love this one. And I kind of made sure I put this one in because the other five are pretty intense. And about help. It just says, Luke 5, 16, But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and be healed for their diseases. But Jesus, I love this word, often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So this last one that I'm going to just touch on, Jesus to focus on prayer. Jesus just said, hey, you know what? (laughs) I can't do that. He was the Son of God. I just want to remind us that. Fully God, fully human. But even him being fully God and fully human said, I I actually just need to come aside for coming aside's sake. I need to just find time to reflect for reflection's sake. I need to come aside and just pray. I just want to talk to God. I just want to be alone alone. And he went to the wilderness. No one goes to the wilderness. The wilderness is a scary place. It's dry. There's nothing pretty there. Like if I want to be alone, I like to go to a rainforest. If I want to be alone, I want to see butterflies and I want to see pretty animals. I want to watch the waves. I want to see clouds. I want to see stars. Jesus goes to the flippant desert where there's nothing. There's not even a Maccas. There's not KFC. I want to be alone. I want KFC because I want that dirty feeling to pass through me. So, you know, you understand Sorry, it's confession time. And then I regret it all afterwards. I know there's some people here that share that confession with me. Jesus goes to the desert and says, I know the need to be alone. I know the need to be aside. I know the need to just talk to God. He didn't take his mobile phone. He didn't take Instagram. He didn't take, because what we do is we go and be a site, and then we take a pretty photo. We post it on Instagram. And like, hey, well, anyway, I think we won't go there. I love social media. You can ask anyone who knows me. I love being on it. I use my phone all the time. My phone is attached to my hip, although it's just there in sight, so it's, I'm okay now. <laughs> Jesus took time out. He put himself on time out. And I'll say it again. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness. He often, when last did you and I withdraw to the wilderness? Scary place, alone place, dark place, quiet place. And you say, hey God, I want to find myself here with no distractions but you i remember when i first got saved i would often i had this revelation that was absolutely beautiful i couldn't wait for everyone to go to bed at night so i could lie on the tiled floor it was it was, it was summertime so it was hot so i would lie on the tiled floor in the dark listening to worship music in my ears not songs just worship music so nothing could actually seed my mind with anything and i would just lie there on the floor and then you get become a sophisticated christian One of those words I wrote earlier that Graham said. Get used to different. Well, yeah, but Graham said it too. Graham, Graham paraphrased it. It just rolled off Graham's tongue, but it kind of means a lot for the rest of us. Get used to being different. Get used to different. Just time out. For time out's sake. So, Jesus took time out to reflect, um, to prepare for a major task. After he did hard work, to process grief before a major decision, in times of distress, or just to spend time with God. So, we looked at the, when did Jesus take time out? Here's some practical ideas. So doing the things that Jesus did. So this guy does, does, did some research. And I'm going to just reflect on, the leadership, on, on his, his research because I think it's brilliant. And then I've just put my own words in. I'm a preacher, so I like alliteration. So everything's going to start with P so that you can get your head around this. And, and, and this, one of the thoughts that he found as he did research that is this thought of um, good enough. And I use the word part. Part reflection is better than no reflection. We don't all have the time to go up onto the mountain. We don't all have the time to take a week off and reflect. Because that's the way I'd love to do it, but it doesn't exist in my calendar. And so this guy actually encourages people in this mosaic approach. If you know what a mosaic is, it's a picture that's a whole lot of little tiles put together to make a picture. Every tile doesn't make sense. But when you put them all together, put the colors together, stand a little bit back, you go, oh, wow, there's a picture there. And this guy encourages a mosaic type of reflection. And I kind of went, well, that's what I see Jesus doing all the time. I don't think this guy came up with the idea. I actually think he's a Christian and I think he actually stole the idea from the Bible. He stole it from Jesus. You see Jesus doing this type of reflective practice all the time. And part is better than nothing. There are moments Jesus goes away and spends time away, and there's moments he just gets to the other side. There's times that he actually has to take time out and go to the wilderness, but there's time that in the moment he just goes aside. And so part, we live in a society that says that we need to do everything good. We need to do everything well. And I'm not saying don't be excellent in what you do. You can still be excellent in part reflection. But part is better than nothing. And my encouragement is that we would be okay with good enough, that we would go, hey, I just need some time out. And the bit that I can grab is better than nothing. The second thing is pace. He talks about slowing down, and it's important just to slow down. Sometimes it's just while you're driving, or it could just be while you're walking. Your mind is still thinking about the stuff. It's thinking about what you need to do at home. It's thinking about what's at work. But at the same time, you just say, I just want to slow down. I don't want to just be engaged in that. As I move and be and am, I just want to just, it's kind of like Uh, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but you know know, when you've got like a flywheel and you've got clutches engaged and they're actually grinding and turning each other and you put your foot on the clutch, it's kind of like just releases it or it's the other way around when you take your foot off the clutch and it just releases the gears so we can free wheel. Sometimes we just need to give ourselves permission to free wheel just in our mind to freewheel and reflect and as I'm going from point A to point B now I've driven before and I freewheeled while I'm driving and I end up at the wrong place because I've gone to work or to church or I've gone somewhere where I wasn't intending to go Or I take a turn and I find myself that I freewheeled so much that I'm actually freewheeling not where I'm meant to go but somewhere else but we've just got to slow down the pace a little and say hey God as I, as, I, as I travel from point A to point B, I've got this thing that I need to sort out. I'm just going to tell my brain it's okay. It doesn't need to be overactive. It can just be. And just take the pace back a little. The next one is ponder. So this one is where we actually take time to think. What I love about ponder versus versus pace is that ponder says can you look at it from a different angle Quite often, we're real linear as human beings, and in society, we have taught to be linear. Everything is, is a flow chart or an equation, and that's often how I think. So I've got to teach myself how to ponder. How do I put something that one of those six things that Jesus did, how do I put it down here in the middle, and as opposed to going, I've got to solve this A plus B plus C plus D or one plus two plus three, how can I put it down and instead walk around it? And as I walk around it, see it from different perspectives. How do I actually put it down there and ask myself the question? And I know it's corny, but it's a true good question. What would Jesus do? How would he respond before I respond? Or well, there's people that we look up to. I, I, my my father-in-law has been dead, I think, it's for 15 years, 16 years. But dad had a way of approaching situations that I think is just brilliant. He learned to think and then he learned to listen, and then he learned to, and then he would speak. For me, it's kind of the other way I speak, and then I listen and then I think. And then I should have done it the other way around. So I would often ask myself when I'm taking reflect, having reflective time, when I, when I need to ponder, I'd put the issue there and I'd say, "How, what would, how would Dad respond to this?" He's not Jesus. But he was Jesus with skin on in my world. And he did show me a skill and an attribute. He did show me a way to handle conflict that was different to my way. And often his way produced a better outcome than mine. And so that's what I would do. Take the time to think. Walk around the issue. See it from different sides. If I gave you a 50 cent piece, you'd either see a head or the tail. You cannot see both sides. But if you put it there and you walked around it, you'd actually start to see The coin for what it is and its value is only because it has a head and a tail. So we've got to learn to ponder as Christians. We need to put something there. The the thing I love about pondering but I hate it at the same time is because I'm outcomes focused and solution focused is I want answers. Pondering is not about answers. It's actually about leaving it there and not coming up with a solution, but looking at it from different angles, leaving it there. Pondering is about traveling with the issue. So often we want to approach the issue, and in our time out, we actually want the answer then and there so we can move on. And then I've dealt with that, and God's saying, no, 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 I, I just want you to hold it for a while. I want you to walk for it. Jesus holds things for a while, and he walks with things for a while. And I want us to get to that place as well. But this is what we're trying to do, is to ponder. We don't always need an answer. That's a lie from the devil. And it's there to make you make decisions without spending time with Jesus long enough or over and over again. And the last one is to pause. Pause is actually about stopping and deciding and acting. So sometimes in our reflection, we've got to get to a point of decision-making. Sometimes you've just got to make a decision. Now, I don't know where you are with some of the things happening in your world. And if your world's like my world, there are some times I've just got to slow the pace down. There are some times that I've just got to pause, I mean, ponder. And then there's some things that I need to actually pause and act on. So I've asked Clem to do something for me. I'm going to invite Clem up now. So, just giving those people who need prior warning, something's about to happen. You have just got your second warning. <laughs> I want to make sure we leave on time. So please, and Clem's just going to start playing. So, <clears throat> Jesus took time out to prepare for a major task. Jesus took time out after hard work. Jesus took time out to process grief. Jesus took time out before a major decision. Jesus took time out in times of distress. Jesus took time out just to focus on God. Jesus understood part was better than nothing. Jesus learned to slow the pace down. Jesus learned to ponder And Jesus learned to pause. Graham said a moment ago, who else but Jesus knows the answers because Jesus has the answers. So I don't know where you find yourself, but we're going to take three minutes now. There's a clock, so we'll keep it to three minutes. And I want you to bring to the front of your mind something that you might need to, preferably ponder or pause about. Something that you haven't made time for, that you need to make time for. And I want you just to hold it there in front of you and see it. After these three minutes, you're gonna either continue walking with it or you're gonna have a decision. And I've asked Clem just to play for three minutes as we all ponder and pause. And then I'll come back and we'll do communion in finishing. Father we just thank you that you are a god of love you are a god who reflects on all of history reflects on us and reflects on our situation Jesus you taught us how to reflect you showed us how to reflect and today you remind us of the value of taking time out to reflect God I pray that as we use those three minutes just there to part reflect whether it was to just slow the pace down pause, ponder about something or pause on something I pray that by your spirit you have spoken to the hearts of us your children and now we're going to continue the reflection by spending just another minute or so reflecting on you. So now we're going to turn our thoughts from ourselves and our situation towards you. You all have the emblems if you want to open up the emblems. And the second activity we're going to do today to practice reflection is to move whatever it is that you and I were thinking on and to say, now, God, I've thought about it. I might need to walk with this one a while longer. Or, well, hey, God, I've thought about it. and I feel like I can respond. I feel like I'm in a position to make a decision. Now what we're going to do is say, to you, God, be all the glory. It's because of the completed work of the cross, the emblems you and I hold in our hands. That we can reflect, looking back, but we can actually reflect on what needs to happen moving forward. What we need to walk with, that we're able to, because of the forgiveness we've received, the the forgiveness we can give. The stuff that we've been released of, that we can release others of. It's the completed work of the cross, the symbols that you and I hold in our hand that remind us that there is a new covenant that we have covenant that calls us his children and that means that our times of reflection are not times where we just sit by ourselves hoping to draw something out of the ether but that in our times of reflection we can lean into God we can impose upon an almighty father we can partner with Jesus and we can have his spirit empower us So during this next song as the band, as Graham leads and the band play, I just want to encourage you. Just continue that reflection. Take the emblems when you're ready. And afterwards, as, ha- as is the practice here at Cornerstone, once we've been dismissed, the music will continue and continue to give us time to reflect. God, we thank you. Amen. I
1: rest my soul on Jesus.